0: We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Outschool will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code PurpleRocket to learn all about Outschool summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. Previously on Camp Dino, Bo, Zeta, and Kirby returned to Camp Dino with Gavin, Ash, and the Carnivores. Pa assigned Ash and the Carnivores grunt duty for playing pranks on the other kids and told Gavin he couldn't sneak off anymore. Pa and Ma also told the kids about the Bakuza tribe and the Blue, which is a toxin made from frog and dinosaur venom. At the end of the day, Bo found a bag full of dinosaur eggs in Dr. Rex's shed. And now for episode 13, Tuku's Stash. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents... Camp Dino. Bo's heart was racing as he changed for dinner in his treepy. What was Dr. Rex doing with all those dinosaur eggs, he wondered. Were they just a few he set aside to take care of himself? No matter how hard he tried, he couldn't get the image of the bulging bag out of his mind. He thought about it all the way back to the galley, where Zeta and Gavin were waiting for him. Gavin was tossing donuts at Shoot, Toot, and Scoot and trying to get the donut holes over their horns. Scoot and Toot already had a couple on each horn, but not Shoot. He was too good at chomping the donuts out of the air. Gavin was too focused with his dino donut ring toss to look up when Bo walked over. What took so long? Zeta asked as Bo sat down with his plate of Sloppy Joe's spicy jambalaya. Dr. Rex needed help with something, Bo said, staring at his food. Zeta and Gavin exchanged a look. What did he need help with? Zeta asked. You look like you just found out Dr. Rex is actually a dinosaur disguised as a human. You shouldn't be so surprised. Bo glanced over his shoulders and then leaned across the table, I was helping him put together a piece of one of the tournament's obstacles. Zeta smacked the table. Uh, No fair! I want to see what we're up against. Zeta, it was just a log rope bridge. That wasn't even the crazy part. After I helped him, he told me to go grab some root beers from the shed out back. When I went outside, there were two sheds. I went into the wrong one, and Buck and I found... He checked his surroundings again. A bag of eggs. Gavin stopped tossing donuts. Buck took full advantage and started gobbling them out of his hands. So he likes breakfast food. Big deal. No, these were dinosaur eggs, Bo clarified. Gavin and Zeta suddenly became more interested. "'Maybe they were the shells of the hatched eggs,' Zeta suggested. "'Nope, they were still warm. I felt one wiggle. Buck's the one that sniffed them out. "'I'm almost positive it's the same bag we saw Kirby coming back with from the jungle that day.' "'Gavin shrugged. So?' "'So,' Bo continued, "'where are they getting these eggs? "'Is there a place in the jungle where they're kept?' Maybe the Camp Dino Counselors and the Bakuza have to try to beat each other to the spot. I've seen most of the jungle around here, Gavin said. There's no spot. I think, Zeta said skeptically, that you found a stash of old eggs that Dr. Rex is just collecting and your imagination got the best of you. Did someone say Dr. Rex? Came Sloppy Joe's sing-song voice. All the kids jumped Sloppy Joe was standing behind them with an ice cream cart full of tubs of ice cream, toppings, and bananas. She wore a banana print apron and a big silly banana hat that wiggled as she spoke. "'Oh, we were just saying...,' Bo's brain sputtered. "'How amazing Dr. X is,' Zeta finished for him. Sloppy Joe's pudgy face perked up. "'Oh, isn't he wonderful?' Oh, I adore Dr. Rex. We know, all three kids said at once. Yes, well, we're all lucky to have that man around. He's smart, brave, kind. Wait for it, Zeta mumbled. And handsome. There it is. Sloppy Joe was now gazing off and sighing. Oh... Can I, uh... Gavin pointed to the ice cream. Oh dear, of course! Tonight's treat is a tropical banana split with fresh bananas from the jungle. She handed the kids each a banana split made with huge bananas, different flavors of homemade ice cream, and topped off with fresh coconut, mango sauce, pineapples, and chocolate. She even handed Buck and the triplets their own giant banana split to share. Shoot accidentally skewered one of the big bananas on a horn and struggled to bite at it. Once Buck and the other two triceratopses had finished the rest of the dessert, they chased Shoot around and tried to get the last banana off his horn. <laughs> After dessert, the kids took their dinos to the gathering hut for the nightly bonfire. Tonight's chat was being hosted by Dr. Skye. As everyone took their seats and calmed their dinosaurs, Dr. Skye, dressed in a rainbow moo-moo and several bead necklaces, tossed a handful of powder into the massive fire and a sparkled teal blue. Tonight, Skye said in her soothing voice, We learn about the dinosaur's place in our universe. Gavin snorted and shook his head. (sniffs) This is ridiculous. Gonna go right, Echo. Shh, Zeta hushed him. You're staying right here. Echo can wait. (sighs) Gavin sighed and leaned back in his chair. In front of the fire, Skye spoke with slow, wavy arm gestures. For years and years, we have had to look down to see our dinosaur friends. Their remains lived within the earth, hidden from our mortal gaze. Once discovered, the bones excited our imaginations and challenged our understanding. They showed us something we already knew deep down, that the world is a wondrous place. But then, something extraordinary happened. We discovered living dinosaurs, ancient spirits roaming amongst us in the flesh. Now we are not looking down at them, but straight ahead, eye to eye. Skye looked over at Pa and nodded, giving him the cue to pull the rope. As he did, the enormous canvas fell away from the giant domed yurt, and the starry night sparkled above them. All of the kids ooed and awed. Bo still couldn't believe how many stars you could see out here in Camp Dino. There were almost more pricks of light than there was darkness. The Milky Way stretched across it all like a giant glowing jet stream. Bo put his arm around his T-Rex and together they gazed up at the incredible starscape. Skye turned on her laser pen and aimed it up at the sky. A thin green laser streaked through the night and seemed to come to a point next to a cluster of stars. Here, you will see the fighting twins. If you look closely, you will see the Triceratops twins, horns locked in a vicious dispute. It is said that the fighting twins brought out the best in each other, despite their differences. They are a symbol of fierce unity. Bo tilted his head and finally saw it. The constellation of stars curved and came to points and shapes that did in fact look like two triceratopses locking horns. Look, you guys, they look like you, Zeta said, corralling the triplets onto her lap and pointing up at the constellation. Shoot, Toot, and Scoot cooed lovingly, and then just as quickly started locking horns themselves. <laughs> Okay, really? You didn't have to reenact it. Over here, you will see Zulu the Great and Maya the Wise, Sky continued, circling another group of stars with her laser pointer. Zulu the Great was said to look over the world with his long neck and tell the other dinosaurs what was to come. The long neck of Zulu the Great shone as it stretched out in a curved line of planets and galaxies. Maya the Wise flew over the world taking in the grand picture and sharing her understanding that we are all one giant family. Bo helped Gavin see the shape of the mighty Pteranodon in the stars. It twinkled majestically just like Echo. And here, directly above us, all the kids lean their heads back to follow the laser, is Galafar the Guardian. Legends tell of a powerful Tyrannosaurus Rex that shared his power, bravery, and energy with all the creatures of Earth to fill them with life and purpose. Look, Buck, it's you, Bo said, pointing up at the constellation. After a few seconds of staring with his head tilted, Buck finally recognized the shape and started howling at the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the kids and counselors chuckled. You see, children, Skye said, we have seen the dinosaurs below us, in front of us, and now above us. They are our past, present, and future. We must look to them to know the best way forward. Their ancient spirits are seasoned and wise. Their collective life experience is part of what makes them so special. And they offer it to us freely. We must care for them, work with them, love them. And they will lead us down the truest path that will bring out the best in all of us. Gavin was snoring. Zeta elbowed him and he sat up disoriented and wiped drool from his cheek. What? What? Oh. When Sky finished, and all the kids were taking their dinos back to their sleep trees, Zeta had to chase down her triplets as they ran after Sky's laser pointer. Sky couldn't help herself and moved the point of light across the ground, making the Triceratopses trip over themselves as they tried to pounce on the light. Gavin snuck off, and Bo was pretty sure he saw his shadow swoop overhead atop Echo, getting one last joyride in before bed. And Bo, he stayed behind, laying on the Gathering Hut ground, his head propped up on Buck's scaly belly, looking up at the stars. His head raised and lowered gently with Buck's slow breaths. Bo thought about what Sky had said about Galifar the Guardian, about how he shared his power, bravery, and energy. It was impossible not to draw comparisons to his T-Rex. Buck, he said, Buck growled softly. Before coming here, I used to feel alone a lot. I never had a friend to watch out for me. I don't feel that anymore. Buck turned his head and licked Bo's face. Jeez, your tongue is huge, Bo laughed. Buck growled and started licking him repeatedly. (laughs) Hey, stop that! Bo lifted Buck's tail over his shoulder and started wrestling with his T-Rex. The two of them rolled around, bonking into benches, Bo's laughs echoing through the lantern-lit camp. They stopped when they heard a table falling over. Tuku, get out of here! Sky shouted. Tuku was running off with her laser. The crazy monkey turned the camp into a disco, waving the green laser around as he ran. <laughs> Bo watched him go and shook his head. Tuku literally stole from everyone. As annoying as he was, Bo had to admit he was the ultimate scavenger. As Tuku disappeared into the trees, an idea suddenly came to him. "That's it," he whispered. He whistled for Buck to follow and the two of them headed off for bed. The next day, Bo got up early, stuck a bunch of shiny coins in the crown of his hat, and headed down his sleep tree. After last night's wrestling match, Bo realized he'd been dragging Buck around and getting after him too much. It'd be nice to have a little time to just play around for once. So, while the clouds were just starting to turn orangish pink from the rising sun, he untied Buck and played a game of fetch using a big stick he found nearby. Buck was having a blast, jumping over ferns, pouncing on the stick, and bringing it back. <coughs> on one of the throws, Buck got a little too excited and accidentally snapped the long stick in two. <coughs> "'Don't worry. I'll grab another one,' Bo said, rubbing the T-Rex's head. As he looked around, he saw Zeta walking over, dragging a walking stick across the ground. Shoot, Toot, and Scoot were obediently following the line it traced. "'You're up early,' she said, walking over. Buck and the triplets wrestled. "'Yeah, I figured I'd get up before breakfast and spend a little time hanging out with Buck. We haven't done that enough.' Zeta smiled. "'Good.' I can tell he appreciates it. She laughed as Buck kept excitedly jumping up and licking their faces. (laughs) Okay, okay, Bo gave Buck a pat on the belly. What are you doing up? Going for another morning run? No, Zeta shook her head. I'm trying to practice for the tournament in a couple days. I still don't think they're ready. She looked at her Triceratopses, who were now wandering in different directions. Buck was struggling to keep them corralled. Bo chuckled at Scoot, who was trying to hide from Buck and nap under a big jungle leaf. You're worrying too much, Bo said. Who cares about the competition when we've got a bunch of Bakuza warriors out there? I can't help myself. I want to win, and having three dinos to work with is not going to make that easy. What's with the hat, by the way? You hoping a bunch of coins will ward off the (laughs) bakuza? I wish. I got an idea last night, and I want to test it out. We'll see if it works later. Zeta smiled. This should be interesting. I hope so. I'll go wake Gavin up and meet you over at the galley for breakfast. (sighs) Mmm, smells like French toast. Sounds good. See you there. Behind them, a girl picked up the long stick Buck had chewed in half. Hey! What happened to my walking stick? Bo's eyes bounced from side to side. Oh, man, who would do such a thing? Then he quietly whispered to Buck. Hurry, go, 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 go. Bo climbed up his sleep tree and shook Gavin's treepy to wake him up. Gavin responded by throwing a shoe at Bo's head, mumbling something that sounded like, get out of here. So Bo told him they'd save him some breakfast and headed off to the galley. Sure enough, Gavin arrived late for breakfast, but not as late as usual, which was a pleasant surprise. Bo and Zeta were even able to talk him into attending the day's classes with them. Gavin wasn't too thrilled about the idea. In all his years at Camp Dino, he'd never once sat through an entire class. Bo could tell it was taking Gavin all of his mental stamina not to turn around and bolt during their arena training with Helga. It didn't help that their training consisted of 15 minutes of sprint drills with their dinosaurs, and the rest of the hour was spent doing grunt work, helping Helga get ready for the tournament. They rolled around water jugs. They tied vines together... They even loaded bags of sand into a trailer, although Bo was pretty sure that had nothing to do with the tournament and everything to do with Helga getting satisfaction from watching them struggle. The dinosaurs pulled supplies around like work mules and helped load the trailers. Even they were groaning irritably. "'Lift with your legs, Tasha,' Helga barked. "'I've seen monkeys carry more sand than you.' Helga was especially brutal with Ash and his carnivores. She gave them the worst tasks, which included shoveling dino poop off the arena track. Ash looked more bitter than ever. Moe was sure he was debating whether or not to fling a shovelful at Helga by the way he was glaring at her. "'Gee, she's really giving it to them, isn't she?' Zeta said, watching the boys work after class. "'We didn't get it much better,' Gavin grumbled. "'This is what I get for coming to class.' It's not always like this, Bo said. She clearly just procrastinated her preparation for the tournament. Or she's had extra work to do. She probably had to take shifts to patrol the camp like Boom up there. Bo looked up and saw Boom marching along the arena's perimeter, holding on to his ammo belt and scanning the area robotically, as if his head was on a swivel. And the boxes you requested, Helga, Dr. Rex said, setting down a box at Helga's feet. Helga didn't even look up from her clipboard. Very good, Dr. Rex. Thank you. Uh, all right. Dr. Rex tried to hide his disappointment as he turned to leave. Oh, hey, Zita, Gavin. Bo. He gave Bo a strange, lingering look as if there was something else he wanted to say. Instead, he just say, Good on ya. And he headed up the stairs. The kids headed up the stairs shortly after him and passed Boom on their way to their next class. Boom gave them a low, grumbly snarl as Bo and Zeta tiptoed out of his way. Gavin just sauntered by and gave him a chill nod. "'Sup?' Boom raised a surprised eyebrow at him. "'Sup?' he replied unnaturally in his deep voice. The kids took their dinos to the chute and floated down to Dr. Lovekin's shanty. The gruff counselor was waiting for everyone to gather in the clearing. Everybody circle around, he shouted. The kids caught the word circle and figured out what to do. They all leaned in and watched as Dr. Lovekin crouched down and propped up a large flat rock with a stick. A string made from plant fibers stretched between that stick and another stick propped up at an angle. They call by you def Everyone slowly looked at Kiara, the resident translator. He said that this is called a Paiute deadfall trap. She whispered. Oh, Lovekin went on to demonstrate how the trap was triggered, stopping only to give his gross pig a big wet kiss. Oh, Cupid, stop that! I got a in here. <laughs> Before Lovkin could finish his demonstration, Gavin had already made his own version of the trap nearby. It looked even more impressive than Lovkin's. "'Check it out,' Gavin whispered to Bo and Zeta. He nudged one of the sticks and the big rock suddenly crashed down. "'Dang,' Bo said, impressed. "'Let's test it out. Here, set it back up. We'll see if we can catch something.' After Gavin set the trap again, Bo carefully set a granola bar under the big rock." But as he pulled his hand away, he brushed the trigger stick and the rock smashed down on his fingers. Oh! Gavin and Zeta winced. Bo's eye twitched. Gavin quickly lifted the rock so he could pull his hand free. Shoot Bo, are you okay? Zeta asked. What's going on over here? Lovekin stomped over and the rest of the class followed. Why are you crying, Bellyflop Bo? Beau? Uh, did he just call me Bellyflop Bo? Oh, that's really mean. He accidentally triggered Gavin's trap, Zeta said. Uninterested in Bo's throbbing hand, Lovkin instead looked down at Gavin's deadfall, and his furious expression immediately turned to shock. You did this? Gavin nodded. Lovkin squatted down and observed the trap, running his fingers over the grooves Gavin had carved into the trigger sticks. His scraggly beard bunched up over his pursed lips. "'How to learn this?' Gavin shrugged. "'Seen you do it before, so I played around with it.' Lovekin nodded thoughtfully, returning his attention to the impressive trap. Beau grinned. He'd never seen Lovekin put in his place before. It was extremely satisfying seeing the caveman at a loss for grunts. Beau remembered catching Gavin spying on Lovekin's fire-making class— this was probably the only class he'd ever partially attended up until today. Seeing as Lovekin was in a seemingly pleasant mood, Bo thought he'd press his luck. Have you ever made a sand trap before? he asked. Lovekin slowly looked up at him and frowned. Sand traps! Yeah, we saw them in the jungle. Can you teach us how to make one? The rest of the class, while confused, listened intently. Not allowed to talk about no sand trap, Lovkin blurted. Pa, send me back in the minute I do. That's okay, Zeta said, patting Bo on the shoulder. I'm sure Gavin could figure it out. We'll just have him teach us later. She put her arm around Gavin and Lovkin glanced sourly between them and Gavin's immaculate trap. Mm, Talk me out of class, he humphed. Lovkin returned to helping the kids build their deadfall traps, which didn't come close to comparing to Gavin's masterpiece. After the last failed attempt from Jamal Potts, the kids all headed off to lunch while Bo, Zeta, and Gavin hung back. Lovekin spent the next hour digging a hole and showing them how to make a sand trap. The lesson was purely self-indulgent, Lovekin taking every opportunity to grunt about how amazing his version was and occasionally letting slip that his was much better than the Bakuzas'. Gavin looked on with interest, absorbing every detail of the complicated trap. Bo had never seen him so captivated. Once it was finished and properly demonstrated with great gruff gusto from Lufkin, they thanked him and started heading back towards the chute. Bo kept peering into the trees. What are you looking for? Zeta asked. You keep doing that. Ah, there he is, Bo whispered. Stay here. Gavin and Zeta watched as Bo dramatically tiptoed towards a boulder, set his coin-lined fedora hat on it, and quickly tiptoed back over to them. Finally getting rid of it, Gavin said. What? No, never. Just watch. Here, crouch down. They hid behind a tall fern and did their best to keep Buck and the triplets quiet. Zeta shrugged at Gavin behind Bo's back. Bo kept staring intensely at his hat, as if it were about to explode. After a minute went by, Zeta rolled her eyes. Bo, can we Shh Bo hushed her and pointed. The bushes by the boulder were moving. A few seconds later, Tuku emerged, wearing one of Dr. Skye's bead necklaces and a pair of paws green suspenders. <coughs> He's mine, Gavin growled, no, 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 hold it. Bo held up a hand. Just watch. Tuku was sniffing the hat and poking at the coin sticking out of its crown. <laughs> <laughs> he picked it up and tried it on. <laughs> it was a little big, but it would do. He took it over to the chute and leaned over to look at his reflection, turning side to side to make sure his profile looked good. Satisfied, he chirped happily and then ran off into the bushes. Come on, Bo said, ushering the others out of the hiding spot. We're going to follow him. Staying low, they ran through the jungle, trying to keep Tuku in sight. Tuku would sometimes climb up a vine and swing between tree canopies, howling happily as he went. He almost dropped the hat twice, but each time it fell, the monkey caught it with his toes. On he went, deeper and deeper into the jungle. Zeta was really putting her triplets to the test, quietly coaxing them on and carrying Scoot when she refused to run. "'Where are we going, Bo?' she asked as they were deep enough to lose sight of the camp. You see, Bo said. They skidded to a stop as Tuku momentarily showed off his new hat to a girl monkey up in a branch. He did a ridiculous little dance for her, and the girl monkey didn't look too impressed, so he carried on. One more impressive leap from a tall tree, and they saw it. Tuku landed on the hood of an old tour bus. The old white bus was stuck up in the high branches of an enormous, twisting tree. Its white paint was flaking and covered in green stains and thick vines. A yellow python curled around one of the axles where a tire once stood. Like a nimble, pudgy ninja, Tuku opened the bus door with his foot and flipped inside before closing the door behind him. Yes, Gavin said, looking up at it. Whoa, you're a genius, Zeta said. Bo looked up at the bus proudly with his fists on his hips. If there's a tukku stash anywhere, it's got to be up there. Wow, Bo, Zeta said. This was a lot of effort just to help us get my necklace and Gavin's knife back. You even sacrificed your hat. Oh, we'll get it back, Bo said, taking a few steps towards the tree. We'll get it all back. And maybe find some surprises, too. What do you mean? Gavin asked. Bo turned to face them. "'Think about it. If Tuku steals from everyone in the area, he's definitely stolen from the Bakuza too. Maybe we can learn more about them up there.' Zeta tilted her head. "'Bo, are you still obsessing over that bag of eggs in the shed?' "'It's all connected.' Bo looked back up at the bus. "'I'm sure of it.' "'One problem, Belly Bo. Zeta said. "'Sorry I couldn't resist.' "'It's the one amusing thing to come out of Lovkin's mouth.' "'She pointed up at the tall, twisting tree. "'How are we going to get up there? "'I might be able to make the climb, but you two? "'Mm-mm. We'll make it halfway.' "'I got it,' Gavin said simply. "'He crouched down behind a bush, "'and Bo and Zeta looked at each other confused. "'Get down,' came Gavin's voice. "'Bo and Zeta did as he said. "'Once they were hidden, Gavin lit out a sharp whistle.' For a split second, Tuku poked his head out of one of the bus windows and glared at the surrounding jungle. Seeing nothing, he retreated back inside. "'What's wrong with you?' Bo said angrily. you trying to blow this operation? My hat is up there!' Gavin pointed up. Bo and Zeta's eyes followed until they saw Echo flapping down next to them. "'Yes!' Zeta quietly celebrated." Yay, Bo said sarcastically. Stay here, Buck. We'll be right back. Aww. Buck whined, but obediently held his ground and stood guard over the triplets, who were fighting over an especially tasty-looking caterpillar. Bo, Zeta, and Gavin hopped onto Echo's leathery back, and the beautiful pteranodon lifted off the ground with a few hard flaps of her wings. Gavin pointed to the branch next to the bus, an echo quietly landed on it and then lowered her wing to let them slide off. Okay, so what's the plan? Zeta whispered once they were feet away from the suspended bus. Bo closed his eyes and tried not to look down. I don't know. I didn't think past this point. Count of three, we charge the door, Gavin said calmly, looking like he was way too experienced with this kind of situation. Wait, what? Bo panicked. Then what? Gavin pointed to himself. I'll block the main door. He pointed to Zeta. You block the back door. And you? He turned to Bo, who gulped. You go through the stash and get our stuff. Good idea, Zeta said. Tuku's too fat to try and sneak out one of the windows. Ready? Gavin looked at them. Hold on, Bo said urgently. What if I slip, and the branch snaps, and the bus falls on my... Go! Gavin bolted for the main door while Zeta climbed up onto the bus roof and dropped down in front of the back door, holding herself up on the flimsy back bumper. Gavin pried the main door open. ''Let's go!'' he shouted back at Bo. Tuku was already shrieking inside. Bo carefully stepped across the branch and jumped through the open door into the bus. The inside smelled terrible, like old food and stinky feet but the decor was much more impressive. Beads, posters, blankets, and trinkets were strung between the walls. Benches were turned to face one another, allowing a couple of chattering spider monkeys to enjoy an afternoon chat. You couldn't even see the floor of the bus from all of Tuku's treasures. His collection was immense. It was an incredible stash of random stuff. A stash Tuku was clearly not willing to give up easily... The fat monkey howled furiously and jumped up and down at the back of the bus. What are you waiting for? Gavin called from the door. Get the stuff! Bo felt like he was robbing a bank, and Tuku's annoying shrieks were the alarm. Slowly, he shuffled his feet through the junk and looked around for their stuff. There were old records, pots and pans from Sloppy Joe's kitchen, dinosaur bones from dr rex's shed ow a shoe hit Bo in the shoulder <laughs> tuku wound up and threw another one stop it tuku Bo yelled narrowly dodging it he pushed further towards the back of the bus each step bringing more thrown items to dodge <laughs> the other monkeys were small enough to flee out the windows Tuku wasn't so lucky. He turned and tried to open the back door, but Zeta held it shut from inside. (laughs) Bo spotted Gavin's knife nearby. It was stashed next to what had to be a collection of Kirby's machetes. He grabbed it and took a frisbee to the throat. (coughs) Seriously? (coughs) He coughed. He scanned the piles frantically for Zeta's necklace. There it was, on the head of one of Helga's practice dummies. He grabbed it and tucked it into his pocket. <laughs> a lantern whizzed overhead. One pile over, Bo saw a pile of Bakuza masks, as well as some spears and leather water jugs. There was an old scroll tucked behind a jug. Bo reached for it, but his hand was whacked away. Damn, <coughs> oh, man, that hurt. He shook his hand and stepped back. <laughs> Tuku aimed a walking stick at him. His low growl now sounded psychotic. For a second, Bo considered bolting for the front of the bus. At least he had the knife and Zeta's necklace. But he knew that wouldn't be enough. He glanced between the scroll and his favorite hat, sitting firmly atop Tuku's head. Fine, he said. Wanna go Planet of the Apes on me? He picked up another stolen walking stick nearby let's go planet of the apes he swung at tuku and the monkey surprisingly blocked the blow <laughs> tuku sprang at him and brought his stick down hard Whack! Bo barely blocked it in time whack 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 whack, whack. tuku charged leaping off the bus walls swinging from the ceiling swiping the stick with nonsensical speed Bo stumbled over piles of junk as he backstepped and blocked the blows. What? Whack. Kind of? Whack. Monkey? Whack. Are you? Whack, whack, whack. The last swing caught Bo in the leg and he fell, dropping his stick. Tuku pulled his stick back and made a monkey noise that sounded way too much like the words, Bye, bye. But just before he could swing, Bo reached up. Grabbed onto Paw's green suspenders, pulled them back, and let go. Snap! Tuku froze, his mouth agape. He looked down at his aching monkey nipples and then back at Bo. <coughs> the monkey dropped the stick, held onto his chest, and howled in pain. Sorry, Tuku, but you started it! Bo triumphantly grabbed his hat off the monkey's head and put it back on his own, touching the brim like a cowboy. Then grabbing the Bakuza scroll, he ran back to the exit and he and Gavin jumped out of the bus onto the branch. Gavin whistled for Zeta. We got it! he shouted. Nicely done, Bo! He gave Bo a pat on the back, which nearly made Bo lose his balance as they walked back over the branch. Bo, who was used to only hearing praise from his own mother, had to admit, getting a compliment from Gavin, the Dung Bomber, felt really good. Behind them, Zeta climbed up onto the bus roof, ran across it, and dropped down onto the branch. She took the dog tag necklace dangling from Bo's hand and gave him a big hug. Bo, that was awesome! I couldn't see anything, but it sounded like you were sword fighting with a monkey? I was... And I confirm that apes will never take over our planet, Bo said awkwardly. Uh, sure, Gavin said. Shall we? He helped Bo and Zeta onto Echo's back, and the Pteranodon flew them back down to the ground, where Buck and the triplets were waiting for them. The second the kids touched down, their dinos rushed over and pounced on them. You should have seen it, Buck, Bo said excitedly. Me and Tuco were fighting on top of his treasure, and then I snapped the suspenders over his nips, whack, and grabbed my hat. Oh man, it was so awesome! Buck seemed to think so, too. He licked Bo's face and wagged his tail. (laughs) What's this? Zeta said, sitting down toot and picking up the Bakuza scroll. Not sure, Bo said but it was sitting on a pile of Bakuza stuff, so I thought it might be interesting. Zeta unrolled the dirty scroll and looked it over. Whoa. Gavin and Bo looked over her shoulder. It was a map. It's not Camp Dino, Gavin said, studying the drawings. It's a map of their camp, Bo whispered. The Bakuza camp. The three kids slowly looked up at each other. Okay, racketeers, hope you liked that episode of Camp Dino. I think we've got a few episodes left. We're getting super close to the climax. I want to take a second to thank some of our patrons, Max, Nora, and Theo, who also live in Utah. Thank you so much, you guys, for supporting the show. I love getting the feedback. And also patrons Alec and Jack from Canada and currently living in Colorado. You guys just moved to Colorado. We lived in Colorado. My wife Sarah's from Colorado. I'm curious what part. We were in Castle Rock. I think you guys will love Colorado. Canada is beautiful. Colorado was a good choice. It's an awesome place. Hope you're adjusting. I also want to thank some other patrons from Canada from Oak Bank, Manitoba, Alex and Isabel. Thank you so much for your support. And your mom referred to the Purple Rocket Podcast as the PRP. And that's not the first time I've heard that. It's got a nice ring to it. I kind of like that, the PRP. It's like BRB, be right back. But it's, yeah, I kind of like it. I dig it. Thanks so much, Catherine, Alex, and Isabel for listening. Thank you so, so much. And I've received uh, some feedback from Patreon mom that said, thank you so much for creating such a fun and entertaining audio experience that the whole family can enjoy. Your stories have really been a bright spot in a rough year for us as a family. That right there means a ton. Thank you so much for that feedback. And I've heard that from some of you who've said that the pandemic... It's been really tough on you and your family. It's been tough on all of us in different ways. And so to hear that these stories have been a bright spot, have been a way to escape that in a sense, is really special. Thank you so much for that feedback. I love it. I also loved the drawings I received. Arian sent me one of me. Uh, I usually get some of the characters and Arian sent this really impressive drawing of me. Thanks so much, Arian. I love it. And Gianna sent me a drawing of Buck. Gianna. That picture of Buck is amazing. He looks nice and fat, like he's probably full of a bunch of pancakes. Love it, love it. I also want to thank really quick Anastasia and her mom Andrea for your support and for telling your friends about the podcast. Rocketeers, that's one of the biggest compliments you can give me, is to spread the word, tell your friends and family about the podcast, and help our Rocketeer community grow. I love it. I want to share a couple reviews from Apple Podcasts. This one's from Jackson and Elliot. It says, the best podcast ever. The podcasts are the best. Me and my brother love them all. We listen to them every night and always can't wait to hear the next one. My favorite is Space Train and my brother's favorite is Camp Dino. Thanks for making this awesome, awesome, awesome podcast. Ah, I love it. Uh, awesome three times. It's just like amplified when I read it. Uh, all those exclamation marks. Thank you. Another one says, yes. That's the subject of the, of the review He's just yes. Me and my friends really like this podcast. Could you maybe do a story that is Emerald from Winglings later in life, the perspective of that? Uh, And she can have this amazing adventure. It'd be so cool. 10 out of 10 uh, would most listen again. Love that feedback. Interestingly enough, that's very similar to what um, I have planned. For the future, Um, I don't know exactly when I'm gonna gonna get to it, but I love hearing that a lot of you have enjoyed Winglings Under the Willow Tree. I've said it a million times; it's one of my favorite series I've done so far. It's just I don't know; it's just a really cool epic fantasy, and I definitely plan to come back to it. And um, I kind of have a tentative title. Eh, I'm not gonna say it. I'll wait. I'll announce it when I get closer to it. I don't even want to get you excited about it yet, but it's it's going to come eventually. So thank you for that feedback. I, I saw multiple calls for, for more winglings, so love it. And thank you so much, Rocketeers. And thank you so much to my mom, Roxanne. Uh, two episodes ago, she wasn't able to edit because she was on a trip and I'm glad she got a break but I could feel it I was like oh man my mom didn't get to edit this one and I, and I missed it so it was awesome to have her be able to uh, go through and clean this one up for me mom you're amazing thank you so much I love uh, working with you you're awesome And you're awesome, Rocketeers. Thank you so much, patrons, those who have gone out of their way to support the show. You can go to patreon.com to get ad-free episodes, some extra bedtime improvised stories on there, and to just contribute. I love it. Thank you so much. And don't forget, Rocketeers, as always, to check back for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.